Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It is Brad and John. We are the Brad and John Show. You can check out the website at bjshow.co. That's bjshow.co, not a .com, .co. We couldn't afford the M. And you can check out John Combest's uh, list, a very extensive list, on a daily basis since 2001 at johncombest.com. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T, johncombest.com. Okay, a couple things to talk about, okay? Yeah, Luke, I'm ready. Luke Combs. You know who Luke Combs is? He's a singer. Yes, he's a country guy. And uh, I, I think he's a very talented guy. And it's interesting, for a long time, if you were going to be a male country music star, you had to look like Joe Studd. You know what I'm saying? You had to be... I do, yeah. You, know, you had to look rugged, and but still handsome. Right, good-looking guy. Okay, now there's a whole slew of, shall we call, and if you, you know who Jelly Roll is? I've heard his songs, but I don't know what he looks like. He has that song about oh. uh, asking God for okay. things. Good. Do, do me a favor. You're sitting right there in front of your computer. Pull up a picture of Jelly Roll. Okay. Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll. Now, he's not to be confused with Jelly Roll Morton. The no, form, no, the no, form, no. The famous ragtime singer. No, no, no. Jelly Roll can be about is about a far oh, as way. Oh wow, he is a Jelly Roll. <laughs> yes. And he has a he has face tattoos. That's yes, nice. and he probably weighs about. And I'm not exaggerating. I think he weighs like 325 pounds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what's interesting about this is Luke Combs is not, and take a look at the Luke Combs. And once again, I'm not here to diss these guys, but I think this is interesting because for a for a while you couldn't, if you if you were the world's oh, best, wow. if you were the world's best country singer, if you were you know so good, you wouldn't make it if you didn't look like the part. If you didn't look if like, if you didn't look like Luke Bryan, Luke Combs right. is no Luke Bryan. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So Luke Combs is a guy who. Looks like when you went to the 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 Seven Eleven, he would be working behind the counter, right? He's he, yeah. He looks like he could do a good job on your carburetor, right? Joe, average dude, got red hair, got a big old beards, overweight. Okay. First off, he's married to this gorgeous woman, and I'm thinking to myself, if he wasn't Luke Combs, the country singer, he wouldn't right. have a chance. Second off, there's been an interesting story that's that's come up out about him, and and I want to mention this because there's a sidelight to that that nobody's really talking about. He his company that I guess it's it's management company or something like that has started suing people for selling Luke Combs merchandise that's not authorized. Okay, bootleg, yeah, right. like outside of concerts, or something, right? I guess. Well, not necessarily outside of concerts. Now it's online. They're selling stuff on okay. SD and okay. stuff like that. They're selling mugs and T-shirts and stuff like that. So they sued a lady in Illinois, and she did. I mean, she had. I mean, she's got. You know, I think she's up there in years, and she's retired, and she's not in the best of health. And they sued her for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and they won. And you know how they won? How's that? She never knew about it because, and this is the part of the story that, that I don't think has been covered. This is in Illinois. Apparently, the law in Illinois has been changed where if you are suing someone, they have to personally be served. Now, you can serve them over the Internet via email. 
And so she, she probably never got the exactly. She went, never got served. Wow. Went, well, went into her spam box or something like that, you know. <laughs> and 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 all of a sudden, somehow or another, she noticed. She 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 applied for credit or something like that. And somebody said, "Well, you've got a two hundred fifty thousand law, dollar lawsuit against you." And she goes, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. They, they sued her in court. Uh, you know, the attorney showed up on the day of court. She was not there. They called for default judgment, essentially meaning the judge set awards them, you know, she doesn't have a right to defend herself because she doesn't know about it. And she loses the case and they win the case and they got a $250,000 judgment against her, which they could come and take her cars away, of course, you know, yeah. put liens on her houses, garnish her paycheck, all that kind of stuff. So what happened was Luke Combs found out about it and said, whoa, hold on a minute, what's going on? So he goes through his management people and they say, what are you doing? And they were just suing anybody that they could find online that was bootlegging his stuff. And she turns out to be some poor lady who's, you know, knocking out a couple bucks, a, you know, a day by doing some, you know, some stuff on SD and stuff like that. But I thought the thing that was fascinating to me was, think about this, how many people check their email that carefully and and not only that how many people have multiple email addresses i mean yeah. i, I yeah, do that have no idea if well, they got a, a notice like that i do for various things i've got an i've got a couple company email addresses i've got a personal email address you know the idea being you try to say okay if you want to email me personally here's my address blah 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 that kind of stuff okay yeah on some of them i don't check them that often you know to the point where i may go a week or two weeks not even look at the stupid thing and i'm thinking to myself okay how do they change the law and what's interesting about this is, I don't know how it is in Illinois. In Missouri, there's two levels of, of, the, of the justice system on a county basis. It's what they call the associate civil court, which is typically, you didn't pay your credit card bill, you owe them $3,000. Uh, they sue you in associate civil court. Then there's the regular civil court where the barrier is $25,000 and up. So, you know, once again, she got a $250,000 judgment. I don't know if it was how it was in Illinois. I don't know the court system. And that takes a little bit more in civil court. That's not like in associate civil court. That's where they just grind out, you know, these companies buy like bad debt from credit card yeah, companies. Yeah. And they, they just, in mass. right. They just sue everybody on the list, you know, and it's just little, literally a cattle call. I'm just curious as to how that went down because I'm thinking to myself, look, I get that things are changing. The internet has changed everything. But I think there's some things that you still should have where if someone's going to sue you, you have to have the papers put in yeah. your hand. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's hard to believe it's hard to believe that, that that anybody thought that that would be a good idea unless you had I mean, process servers would obviously oppose it because they're going oh, yeah. to they're, they're, their jobs. Their business you think is gone. That there would be enough And so the the curious thing to me is did this become a story and then Luke Combs found out about it and then he came in on his horse to save the day? That's that's the is, story. Is that what happened? Yes, okay. that's, that's well, the story. Well, it's obviously bad. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm quite cynical about most of these things. But it's – he's got – he clearly is receiving more PR out of – Oh, out of this, then, right? He's, he's you know, a, the he, value of this is huge for him. Right, he's a good guy. Now, yeah, the the downside to it is, and what's sort of crazy about this is that there is so much copyright theft. Um, you know, you and I have talked about this to a certain extent. I've got a, a show that's running on this very station right now where I interview Tim Burt, who used to be the creative service director for Camwax. Now he runs his own company, helping people do marketing and things like that, and. I've attended this seminar at the St. Louis Business Expo where he warned everybody about AI. 
And mm-hmm. what the, the problem with AI is, like, let's say you go on AI and you say, I, I want, and he used the example of, uh, it's sort of a crazy example, of um, Colonel Sanders riding a unicorn on the, on the moon. Okay, and and you put in, you put that into your your AI uh, image generator and say, hey, send me an image of Colonel Sanders riding a unicorn on the face of the moon. Okay, and boom, out comes this picture. There it is. Yeah, the and prob- it's really good too. Yes. And it could look like it was designed by KFC. Right. The problem is that it contains a copyrighted image of Colonel Sanders, which is also a trademark violation. Yep. It has a copyrighted image of the moon, and it has a copyrighted image of the, the, the unicorn. So, and so here you go where, you know, you put this on a website, you go, and all of a sudden you got three people suing you. They're- so what, it, what he's saying, though, is that this isn't a new problem. AI just makes it easier for you and I. In the past, someone with great graphic skills could have done the same thing right but right now within five minutes you and i could go to these one of these websites and have it done but the problem is people think that because it's being generated by ai there's no property rights to it get what, I I'm get saying? what you're saying yeah. so, so in other words the idea being is they're saying that that if the ai machine cranks it out that matter of fact there's been a thing recently I think recently it was a, I can't remember what this was, where it was an, it was an artwork. I see if I can look this up. You're the guy that knows all this kind of stuff. It was an interesting thing where some guy uh, submitted some piece of artwork to some uh, board or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and they won. And he won. And he won the contest. Right. But, right? but then they said, then he, then he admitted he did it on AI, and they go, well, guess what? Yeah, you don't yeah. win the contest. He won the, the, it was some art war, art thing like that, where he got first prize. He was a young guy, too. Yes, and, and he, then he admitted he did this on AI, and then they said, okay, well, if that's the case, you don't win the award, and yeah, they rescinded the yeah. award, which was sort of crazy. Okay. Uh, other thing, Francis Howe, you told, talked about the CBS uh, 60 Minutes piece on Francis Howe. Any more on that? Is there any follow-up no, it on was, that? No, it was uh, nothing more on that. It was a weekend piece on NBC that was – it was really focused on state legislatures across the country but but zeroed in specifically because a leading transgender stage mom is in the Francis Howe school district and really you could tell pitching herself to different networks. So that's why the focus was on Francis Howe. You know, you you and I talked about this thing on Monday. We talked about the thing, excuse me, where the DESI course scores comes out. And DESI, you're the expert. DESI stands for? It's D-E-S-E. D-E-S-E. And it's Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Okay. And essentially they came out and said, test scores stink. Isn't that essentially the bottom line of what they said? Yeah, they said – I think they said it, uh, it to be more polite on their term. They, I think they said they've, that the scores have stagnated and were largely the same as last year, and that's because of, of pandemic learning. What was interesting is that in the St. Louis area, there were a handful of districts that fell out of the top 10 percent, and one of those included Rockwood. Some historically really good schools fell out of the top 10 percent. The bottom ones were ones you would expect. Brad and I's alma mater, which is which is no surprise that a school that Brad and I went to wouldn't be uh, a great school, was just a Hazelwood school district. And then obviously urban urban school districts perform very poorly. You know, what's so sad about Hazelwood is I'm a graduate. I'm a long time ago graduate, more more than you. I mean, a couple decades yeah. of difference between you and I, a couple decades plus of you and I graduating from a Hazelwood school system. When I went there, I, one of my best friends was a guy by the name of Dave Passmore, who went to MIT. 
And another friend of mine was Bob Rowe. He went to uh, Rollo and got his, both of them got engineering degrees. I had guys and, and women too, who became doctors and lawyers and engineers. And that was all out of the Hazel School District. Now I'm not of saying course, that doesn't yeah. happen anymore, but the district at one point in time was a decent district. Of course it was, yeah. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago. It was in the 80s still, too, Brad. I mean, I entered the school district in the 80s. And, uh, and you know, the other thing is for, for any, any area in the region, it's all relative. So I had a number of friends, the statute of limitations has long expired on this, who lived in the Riverview School District, who claimed residency north of Bell Fountain Road, which means they were able to, to go to Hazelwood School District because if they didn't lie about their residency, they would have gone to Riverview Garden School District, which was much worse than well, – I, I shouldn't say much worse, but which, which didn't have the type of schools that Hazelwood had. So it's all relative. Well, the crazy thing about that is – and I still have teacher friends that I get into arguments with this over – the crazy thing about this is to me that if you essentially, and this is one of the Republican versus Democrat things, that if you did the voucher system, the voucher system essentially mm-hmm. is you pay taxes, like when you pay your real estate taxes or you pay your, your personal property taxes, if you look at your bill, it divvies it up as to who gets what share of the money you spent for taxes. And typically, almost always, the most money goes to your local school district. So yep. essentially what they're saying is you get a voucher and you can take that voucher. And if you live in North County and you want to go to Lindbergh High School in South County, you can go there. You can essentially yep. say, here's my voucher. I don't want to go to the Hazelwood School Districts or the ferguson Florissant District or whatever, Pattonville, whatever the district is. Okay. And the teachers, if you talk to teachers, oh, my God, that's the worst thing that ever happened in the world. And you know what I always say to them? What's that? <laughs> and they, they get really mad at me. And I said, you live, in, you live in the district you teach in? Oh, yeah, I live in the district. Okay, here's the new rule. You as a teacher cannot do business outside of your district. You can't go to, uh, if you're a teacher in Ferguson, Florida, you can't go to the gallery to buy anything. You yep. can't attend any sporting events in downtown St. Louis. You can't go to a restaurant in, you can't go to the Hill to eat in an Italian restaurant. You have to do everything within your district. Well, that wouldn't be fair. I mean, yep. you know, then they go, like, you know, they go like, well, essentially what you're doing is the same thing. You're essentially <laughs> saying that's because you live in a certain area, you have to go to that school. And the reason I think it's bad is because it's capitalism 101. Capitalism 101 is that places that are successful, people go to, you know, and they they spend their money and places that suck, they don't go and spend their money there and the places go out of business. You know what I'm saying? We talked about we talked about it last week when you were talking about your friend Mike Elam and regionalism versus and we talked about the concept that people vote with their dollars, people vote with their feet. Right. And and Brad, you're not a big Twitter guy. The number one topic on, on Twitter in the last, I'd say, 10 days among the Missouri political crowd, left, right, middle, everyone, has been exactly what you're talking about, which is you could call it education, quote, reform. I hate the word reform. I never use the word reform because it doesn't mean anything. But education change, school choice, whatever you want to call it. The idea of proponents of these changes say we should be funding students and not systems, so the money should follow the student throughout whatever district that the parents choose to send them to. So that's been the number one fight because legislators going back on January 3rd to the Capitol are a number of legislators have proposed education bills that would do exactly what you describe, Brad, which is which is fund the students and not the system. And then, of course, you have a lot of people who oppose that. 
Well, you know, and to a certain extent, the interesting thing is that you still get into a situation where if you buy a house, um, I think the realtors are not allowed to tell you that the school system sucks or the school system is great. They used to be able to say, well, the reason you want to buy in Ledoux is Horton, you know, the, the Ledoux school system is so yeah. wonderful. As a matter you fact, can't talk, I didn't know that you couldn't talk about the, de- I knew you couldn't talk about racial composition and things like I, that. I think that was the case. I think you can't, I think you, you can say, you can say the schools are top rated, but you, <laughs> I, you know, yeah, or you could say, just Google it. <laughs> well, the crazy thing about it is you read all these stories about the people that have money you know, like even like Barack Obama was a big person for public education, but yet he sends these kids to private school. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, and how many course. times do you see these politicians, you know, especially on the national national level, who, you know, with the Democrats, we want our, our school system, we, you know, union teachers, yeah, we need that. And yet they're sending their kids to private schools. So what does that tell you? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and the challenge that, that we've seen in Missouri is that there's a number of Republicans who, and that are in rural areas. So if you're outside of a city or a suburban area, Chances are there's a lot of rural Republicans that really like their school districts. And even more so, there's a number of state legislators that used to serve on a school board. Maybe even they were a teacher. They had some involvement in their community. And they don't want to feel like they're bad-mouthing their local school district. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I understand. I mean, if you're like in northern Missouri, like you talk about all the time, the fact it's, and you know, I've used to drive that all the time when on the way to Des Moines, there's not a lot up there. And you don't have, Mm -hmm. like in St. Louis, where you can, you know, you can go depending on where you live, you can go a mile in, in, in four different directions and be in four different school districts. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, you don't, and you wouldn't have that choice. So a lot of folks in rural Missouri say, Hey, it's not that big of a problem for us. Why, why are you messing with schools? Right. I hear you. We have to take a break at seven forty. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it?